The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, and here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics, and Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network. They are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world. It is the divisional round. We have four games this weekend, and in this episode... We are highlighting the players at the top of our rankings in the fantasy tool at Action Network. We're discussing the guys who are high and low on and looking at how they do in our Fantasy Labs models. And we are speculating on some player props. Okay, so let's get into it. At the top of our quarterback rankings, we have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I don't think much of a surprise there. Raybon, I want to kick it to you. Uh, I'm assuming you actually have your your projections done, although who knows? Maybe not. Maybe I catch you by surprise. Uh, who is someone that you are high on this week at the quarterback position? Yeah, Matt, I, I definitely did uh, projections because last week, I it, it, I don't know if the two are related, but I knew nothing about football last week, uh, betting or fantasy-wise. So decided... It was, it was bad. <laughs> it wasn't, you weren't the only one who, uh, who didn't perform well. Uh, uh, I, I had my worst sports betting week uh, of my existence and maybe in all of existence. So, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully we, we rebound this week. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was rough. Uh, so get back to it. Uh, hopefully the first snap doesn't go over our head, uh, the proverbial <laughs> first snap since I'm up first here. But uh, I like Josh Allen this week. And I think, you know, anytime you look at, you know, the, the group of quarterbacks in a given week, uh, the first thing you kind of do is you look at and say, OK, who's going to who has the potential to add points on the ground and who doesn't. And for this slate, you have Mahomes, Allen and Jackson, and then you have Brady Breeze and Rodgers and Mayfield and Goff and. Uh, you know, so there's a clear cutoff. And to me, uh, I have Allen ranked uh, as a number two quarterback on DraftKings. He's the third highest priced. He's coming up with the highest projected plus minus in our model. So uh, Lamar, uh, excuse me, Josh Allen for me, even in a tough matchup against Baltimore. Yeah, I have Josh Allen projected number one, just kind of in the first go around of projections. I'm not sure how I actually feel about that because I, I just look at Mahomes and the matchup that he has. So I, I feel like the, the delta between quality of quarterback and quality of defense is the greatest for Mahomes this week. You know, at home, coming off the bye, highest total on the slate. And I probably need to adjust his rushing share a little bit because he tends to run a little bit more in the playoffs than he does during the regular season. And, you know, maybe that's kind of anecdotal, smaller sample size. But I, I feel like there's, you know, you could sort of rationalize it by saying like, okay, like these are the games that matter. Like he's not going to run as much in the regular season and risk injury, but he's, he will be a little more willing to take off and run. Uh, during the playoffs so uh, you know out of, out of the eight remaining defenses the Browns 
you know, I don't have much respect for them relative to the other units that, that we have here. So given Mahomes and his rushing ability, and of course the receiving ability, Andy Reed coming off of the bye, uh, I'm, I'm pretty in on Mahomes. Uh, but surprisingly, I, I just, I don't, I don't have him projected as highly as I expected I would, uh, you know, given that Josh Allen is ahead of him, but uh, I'm, I'm with you Rayvon on Allen. And I also really like Mahomes this week, Sean. Who are you on? Yeah, I'm with you guys on that top three. It's a pretty clear um, high-end tier this week. So you really can't go wrong with Mahomes, Jackson, or Allen when it comes uh, to ceiling. But since, you know, it's a four-game slate, I do want to get somewhat contrarian here. And I think Baker Mayfield does warrant some consideration at 5,300. Um, he, he's just way too cheap. Uh, he was on fire a few weeks ago. You know, weeks 12 through 15, he was QB3. Then there was the hot tub party where he ended up missing four receivers. Um, he had multiple games this year where there was just high wins. Nobody could really throw on that. So I think when Baker has had you know everything line up, he's shown that he has a pretty high ceiling. So this week should get uh, Kevin Stefanski back. Uh, this could be a game script where he's forced to throw. So if, if you think this is going to be a shootout, um, you can use Baker Mayfield and you can run it back with a couple uh, Chiefs as well. So I think Baker, uh, well, he doesn't have nearly as high as a ceiling as the top three. Uh, a slate like this, he does offer some contrarian upside. Sean, who is a quarterback you are low on this week? Uh, I, I'm low on Aaron Rodgers just because that that top tier, like we mentioned, is so good that uh, Rodgers, he's priced you know in the middle at 6,900. But this matchup we saw last week, how good this Rams defense is. Um, we'll have to wait and see on Aaron Donald's status. If, if, you know, it turns out he's shaky for this week, I might change my mind. But, you know, Jalen Ramsey potentially um, locking down Devontae Adams, if that's even possible, uh, you know, that's just going to lower Rodgers' um, floor and ceiling here. So I think if there was a week to, to fade Aaron Rodgers, it'd be here. Raymond, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on the Rams quarterbacks, which Jared Goff, um, you know, wasn't playing with much confidence last week. And I think if you're if, if you're going to be low on Aaron Rodgers, which I think is fair, you also have to kind of look at how that game script could potentially go. You know, most of the year Aaron Rodgers has just been lighting it up um, and that causes, you know, Green Bay to get into some shootouts. But I think this game script will be uh, completely different. The total is just 46. So um, not only, um, you know, a, a lower expectation for Rodgers going against that Ram defense, but, you know, Goff in, in, in that offense on the other side as well. Okay. One guy I'm uh, relatively low on is Tom Brady, uh, you know, playing in New Orleans. Brady's been great since week 10. Uh, and of course, last week he had 381 yards, uh, you know, un until the Steelers game, it looked like Brady was going to be the guy who actually led the weekend uh, in passing, didn't work out. But, you know, his recent run came right after his week nine stinker, uh, against the Saints, uh, in which the Bucks were just totally blown out, 38-3. to Brady had just 209 yards, three interceptions in that game. This is the third divisional game between the opponents. Uh, and so, you know, they know each other well. And the Saints are pretty good in pass defense. So uh, I think it's just a situation where as good as Brady has looked recently, uh, I'm still going to want to be off of him in this matchup. Uh, Sean, we have reached the part in the show where you give us the quarterback prop and everyone should be sure to check out the Fantasy Labs player prop tool with props with a bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two seasons. When player props are posted, you can bet them at BetMGM. Sean, give us the player prop. We are going to stick with Lamar Jackson's rushing yards this week. 
Uh, last week, I remember, I, I felt like I was way too high at 83 and a half, you guys thought as well. And then he just went off for, I think it was 136 yards. So he is very, very tricky to project right now. Um, I'm bumping his rushing yards up to 89 and a half. Where are you guys? And what do you think of this matchup? I think the Bills could struggle to contain Lamar. So I think his ceiling is just super high in this uh, market. I mean, I'm, I haven't projected well to the under, but uh, I mean, there's no way that I can actually bet that, right? You know, like I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's something wrong with my numbers and I need to go in and somehow fix them. Uh, and more on than I am, uh, I, I don't know how to do that. Um, I, I will take the under, but I don't have any confidence in it. The best thing you could do is uh, click on the cell in Excel and click the numbers <laughs> to be higher. That's what I do. But I, I'm in the same boat. Like mathematically speaking, you're absolutely right. It's it's hard to project him too high. But just if you look at his recent performance, I know, and just watch him. It, it's just really hard to to keep his his projection low. Yeah. Uh... You can also go the route of a manual override column to the right of the official column. And then you, in the, in yeah. the, in the real cell, you have a, if that column is blank, you use the original, but if it's, if the override is in, you use that one. So and there are many ways Friedman, but uh, I, I have to go under too. Um, I, listen, the, like Lamar, he, he got what, I think it was 48 of those yards last week on yeah. one amazing play that essentially turned, turn around the whole game. Um, and that could very well happen again. But if we're talking, medians uh, I, I still think 89 is is a bit high um there's also the possibility that you know baltimore comes out in a little bit of more of a a positive game script this time around you know tennessee's always been a bugaboo and we saw it for them even last week you know they got down to tennessee um so if he, they're, they're up he may not run quite as much so i'll, I'll still go under it, it doesn't feel good but i still think the median's a little low, lower than 89 and a half <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. But no, it's a, not a high confidence level. It's a one star. Right, right. One star, same same on my end. That's what I'm saying. Just a wide, wide range of outcomes. This Just thinking about Lamar's rushing prop like hurts my stomach. So like the first 10 games that he played, weeks one through 11, uh, his average was 57 and a half yards rushing. Uh, and then the COVID thing hit. He comes back in week 13. And so for the final five games of the season, he's basically back to his 2019 Lamar Jackson form, where his average at that point in the final five games was 86 yards. And then, of course, we saw what he did last week with 136 yards. Like it just it feels like since he came back, he's he's just been playing at a different level where he's much more willing to take off and run in the middle of the season. He wasn't running at nearly the same rate. So I, I do feel that I need to make those adjustments and uh, significantly upgrade him. But uh, I, I don't know, man, like he's also, he's running for like 7.7 yards per carry. And that's, like, that's what he's, he's done uh, over the past uh, or to close the season in his final five games. And then last week, 8.5 yards per carry. Like that just feels unsustainable. But at the same time, like he's Lamar Jackson, who, who's going to stop him from running for more than seven yards per carry. Right. You said he's reverting to 2019 Lamar. I think he's reverting to 2018 Lamar. Wow. I mean, yeah. last year you, you had to project him for 230 yards passing and a ton of rushing yards. Whereas now he's just kind of abandoning, um, too much in the way of uh, passing yards. I, I mean, he's only thrown for over 185 yards once 
um, in the past, you know, couple of months here. So he's just, he's really just, you know, pushing his foot on the gas when it comes to his rushing here and kind of dominating that way. Uh, so that's, that's why I think he's more 2018 Lamar, if anything. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it's not as if, yeah, it's not as if he's running so much more than he did in the first half of the season. But I mean, he did take off 16 times last week. So, I mean, he, he is, he is rounding into running form. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Okay, let's talk about the running backs at the top of our rankings. Uh, of course, now with Derrick Henry no longer in the playoffs, uh, at the top we have Alvin Kamara, and then Cam Akers, yes, my guy, and then Nick Chubb coming in at number three. Rayvon, who are you relatively – you know what? I'm going to kick it to Sean first. Sean, who are you relatively high on this week at the running back position? Uh, I, I'm high on Devin Singletary, uh, mostly because of his price and the situation. He's 4,500 this week at home against Baltimore. Um, you know, Zach Moss is expected to miss the rest of the playoffs, so that that should boost Singletary's usage way up. What he does with that remains to be seen. But um, you know, Devin's he's priced basically um, as if this was still going to be a 50-50 timeshare. Um, one of the things going for Singletary is he's faced the second lowest um, percent in terms of eight men in the box at 4.5%. Um, you know, th- this Ravens defense is going to be doing everything possible to stop Josh Allen. So it could leave for um, pretty good running room for Singletary. You know, he's probably only going to get 12 to 15 carries but he's also going to see expanded usage in the passing game. And I think that's where the value really comes into play here. Uh, he ran around on 68% of the routes last week, uh, but you know, that could be closer to, you know, 70 to 80%. It remains to be seen how they're going to really work in. Uh, is it TJ Yeldon and uh, Taiwan Jones? Like this could be Singletary's game where he's, you know, true workhorse, but you know, he could be very highly owned. So he could be a potential uh, pivot here, but, but uh, I love him early in the week. And the other guy you mentioned, Cam Akers. I, I don't know how you could pass him up right now at this price. He's 5,700. They, they should lean on him a ton in this matchup it's against Green Bay. Um, you know, Green Bay did bring in uh, Damon Snacks Harrison, so that might shore up the run defense a little bit. But I don't think it matters here. I think Akers could see another 20-plus carries. And, you know, he saw a spike in routes run last week going up to 62%. So, again, this is another workhorse back on a four-game slate. That's, that's pretty hard to pass up at his price. Yeah, uh, very much with you on Akers. In his final four games of the regular season, he had 340 yards rushing, 96 yards receiving on you know 23 and a half touches per game, and that was while playing with an injury in Week 17. You know, last week dominant against a good Seahawks run defense with 131 yards on the ground, a touchdown, 28 carries, and then added the 45 yards as a receiver. Uh, this Rams offense right now just flows entirely through him with the quarterback situation that they have. And the Packers are number six in most fantasy points allowed to running backs. So I think a, a great situation for him. I'm more pessimistic on Singletary. And, you know, maybe part of it is that I just need to adjust my projections more to account for um, to account for Moss being out. But I still think that Josh Allen 
ends up getting a pretty significant share of the carries. And then I think that they also rely a little bit more on the passing game than on the running game. So uh, maybe I'm a little bit lower on Singletary, but also that Ravens defense. I mean, they're, they're tough all over, but I mean, they shut down Derrick Henry last week and, you know, it's not to put too much weight on like one game, but you know, their, their defense, when they choose to stop the running game, they can be pretty good with it. And, you know, so that's not to say they're going to focus on shutting down the running game, but uh, I don't know. It's a little bit, I, I, just a little bit harder for me to think that they're going to let Devin Singletary run all over them when Derrick Henry couldn't. But um, I don't know. Rayvon, where are you on Singletary? And uh, give us your thoughts on some guys you are high on. Actually, I think Singletary is in a good spot. You know, this price is just so low that if he, you know, puts up normal starters numbers at, at 4,500, um, yeah, he'd be price, a sleep waker. You're right. Yeah. His price is great. And I mean, the, the thing about it is you kind of hit on it. You know, Baltimore was selling out to stop Derrick Henry. They had, you know, eight men in the box. You're going to play the opposite against Josh Allen. I think you're going to, you're going to have to, cause I mean, you have to have a guy on each sideline just to slow down Gabriel Davis at this point. And then um, you still have to worry about digs and, and all these guys. So, you know, it's a, a completely tougher matchup. I think um, he'll, he'll do fine, but I, I like Nick Chubb here. I think Nick Chubb is, is really interesting. You know, he, he ran 19 pass routes last week to Kareem Hunt's 10. So he kind of doubled him up in, in that facet. And I think, uh, against Kansas City, who's been one of the weaker run defenses in the league, you're going to try to play keep away. And then if you're still having Chubb run uh, double the pass routes as uh, Hunt, I think he's an interesting uh, guy because, you know, he's probably not going to be very high owned considering you have Akers at 57 and Singletary at 45. So um, like Nick Chubb this week as well. Hmm. I'm wondering about the uh, Kareem Hunt revenge game spots. Uh, <laughs> true you know. uh Rayvon who is someone that you are relatively low on uh I think Aaron Jones qualifies just because he's in this that he's priced second highest and you know I could see Green Bay you know not having as much offense as they usually do and and Jones has kind of been he hasn't always been that that like guaranteed lead back each and every week we saw AJ Dillon come up with a big game you still have Jamal Williams in there so um, I, I rather pay up for Alvin Kamara or actually go with Nick Chubb in a better matchup um, than Aaron Jones. Yeah, um, I I definitely hear you there. Uh, I I agree. I prefer Chubb to Aaron Jones. Um, Sean, who are you low on? Uh, same reason as last week, but uh, I'm low on J.K. Dobbins again here. Uh, he's six K. Um, you know, last week he, he rushed nine times for 43 yards, but once again, he salvaged with the touchdown. So, I mean, he, he wasn't worth his price last week, but especially, you know, this week, if he doesn't score, I don't think he's gonna be worth 6k. He had one catch for minus six yards, which is pretty typical for him. I think his 2021 stock is through the roof. I mean, we talked about it, um, you know, right now, I don't think they're trying to preserve Lamar Jackson. So he's just running it. Uh, more times than he would during the regular season. So, you know, that's going to take away from J.K. Dobbins. But starting next year, I mean, a lot of these carries are going to go Dobbins' way while they try to preserve Lamar Jackson's for the playoffs. So I think right now, th this is just the time to fade Dobbins while I'm still super high on him for next season. 
Yeah, I mean, thinking of Dobbins for 2021, there's a scenario in which Mark Ingram is gone and Gus Edwards is a restricted free agent. So the possibility that that he might leave, he, he might stay too, but you know, there's a scenario where it's J.K. Dobbins, you know, locked yeah. in as the lead back in the league's most run-heavy offense, that which is also pretty darn good running the ball too. It's not that it's just volume, they're efficient running it. So mm-hmm. that could be pretty exciting. Uh, Sean, give us the running back player prop. Uh, let's go Devlin Singletary. So his total rushing and receiving yards. Let's go. Uh, I got it at 80 and a half. And while you guys think about it, I, I agree, Freeman. Uh, you know, they did a good job shutting down Derrick Henry, but that was clearly their game plan. Yeah. I don't think their game plan is going to be anything shutting down <laughs> Singletary. So I think, yeah. I think the, they'll kind of invite runs to Singletary, uh, what he does with those remains to be seen, but I, I don't think he's going to be a big part of their defensive game plan. I'll take the under, uh, but you know, knowing that you and Raybon are both on him, and he, at 4,500, he's he's great value, yeah. but knowing that you guys are on him uh, makes me a little less comfortable with it. I have this projected, at you said, around 80 and a half. I have it projected yeah. around 73 and a half. Got it. Uh, I will take the... Let me see. It's close. Um... 80, uh, I will go under. I have it right right around 80, um, but that's more of an average. So, um, I, you know, listen, I still think he's he can be worth his price. It's going to come down to a touchdown probably, but um, he has been their main pass down back for much of the year anyway. So, you know, if he can catch a couple passes and or get in the end zone, I, I still think he pays off that price. But, yeah, I think I think right, right uh, 80 is a good line. Yeah, uh, with Freeman, you know, I'm kind of with you there because he's probably not going to win a GPP. He's going to be so highly owned. So, yeah, if if you feel like fading him, I think this is the time to do it. Uh, if we're relying on a touchdown here, he's not the guy that you want to be relying on a touchdown for. Um, so, yeah, he's an interesting fade, even though all of our projections and models will, will say he's a good play. He does have a low enough floor where if, if you want to fade him, this you know he would be the guy to be aggressive in fading because of his ownership being so high this week. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. The guys at the top of our rankings are Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, I mean, what a, a week for Devontae Adams that he's going to have to go against Jalen Ramsey. I mean, ordinarily it would be, you know, easily Devontae Adams, number one. Uh, but in this spot, ranked number three. Sean, who are you high on this week? Uh, I'm high on Diggs uh, just because what you said. I have Devontae Adams just slightly by 0.1 below him right now. Um, yet uh, Adams is 1.3K more expensive. Um, you know, I don't love Diggs' matchup either. He's facing Baltimore, who have three great corners. It's really going to be hard to move him around to avoid uh, a tough matchup. But you could say that with pretty much all receivers this week. Maybe uh, Tyreek Hill probably has the best matchup, but we, we're not sure if he's 100% healthy quite yet. Uh, but this is a tough week for receivers, so um, I, I'm more than willing to just spend up on Diggs. He should be a lock for plenty of targets. Um, so I'll have plenty of dig shares this week. But uh, the one guy I do like that's a bit more under the radar is Rashad Higgins. Uh, he's 4,100 right now. Um, again, I mentioned that Baker Mayfield has some sneaky upside this week. I think Higgins is a sneaky stack partner if you're going to be even more contrarian and not go with Landry. Um, you know, last week he ran around 86% of the time. He's he's a full-time player, consistently under the radar. And when Baker had that good stretch weeks 11 through 15, Higgins was the wide receiver 22 and half PPR. So um, he's one of those guys that uh, a four game slate, you're going to have to be somewhat contrarian. 
Um, and he just seems like a no-brainer play at, at 4,100, which is in a game which, um, you know, the Browns could throw more. It could be a shootout. So I love uh, having some Higgins exposure here. Sean, you mentioned that this is a tough week really for all of the wide receivers. And it, it's true. Um, if you just kind of look down the the cornerbacks who are left in the playoffs. Uh, so obviously you have Devontae Adams going against Jalen Ramsey. On the other side of that, you're going to have Robert Woods matching up against Jair Alexander uh, the, the most. Uh, and obviously Woods moves around the formation. So it's not as if uh, he's going to face Alexander all the time, but that's the guy he's going to face the most. And Alexander, you know, second team all pro this year, I think arguably he should have been a first team all pro, but I mean, e- even if he's not uh, obviously in that elite tier of cornerbacks this year, and then you just go through all of the matchups, Baltimore obviously has great cornerbacks. Buffalo has Tredavious white, who uh, is likely to be shadowing Hollywood Brown uh, for for Cleveland, Denzel Ward might return and uh, he's not going to play in the slot. So it's not as if he's going to be shadowing uh, Tyree Kill. But, you know, when Hill is on the outside, I think he will probably match up most with uh, with Ward. And Ward is one of the few cornerbacks who really does have the speed to at least maybe to, to hang with someone like Tyreek Hill as much as any cornerback can. Kansas City, with the defense that they play, they don't have like a marquee cornerback, but they are pretty good against wide receivers. And then in that final game, we have Tampa Bay going against New Orleans, and we have that great matchup of Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore, where Lattimore is just in Evans' head at this point. That like That is a fantastic one-on-one matchup. And then on the other side um, – you have the Bucks, who have a great pass defense going against Michael Thomas. You know whether Thomas is lined up against uh, Carlton Davis, who's pretty good against big bodied, uh, big bodied wide receivers, or whether he's matched up against Jamel Dean, uh, who's had a good season. Like it's it's a tough matchup either way. So you just look at all of these wide receivers, and you can come up with pretty clear reasons not to be on someone. And uh, and so yeah, within that context. Uh, I mean, Stefan Diggs is still standing out to me as, as someone I want to be pretty high on this week um, for you know, all the reasons that you mentioned. You know, tough matchup, of course, but he has such a high target share. Uh, and, you know, again, every wide receiver has a tough matchup, but Stefan Diggs has league high marks uh, in the regular season and receptions and yards receiving. And then last week, 128 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. Uh, he's just, I think, playing a, a cut above. So uh, Diggs is someone I'm, I'm very high on this week. Rayvon, who are you high on this week? Uh, I still think uh, Tyreek Hill is, is another guy we shouldn't, you know, forget about and going against Cleveland. And yes, Denzel Ward has the speed to, to guard him. But, you know, as you mentioned, like Ward is not going to move around as much. And, you know, Andy Reid had the, the week off to prepare. Uh, this Cleveland defense, clearly the worst uh, of the past defenses remaining in the playoffs, I think. So, I think Diggs could also have a just a monster game. I mean, excuse me, Hill could have a monster game. So that's going to be interesting the way ownership shapes up because I think Diggs will get higher ownership just because he's cheaper. But, you know, with the ownership on Mahomes, we could see a lot of stacks kind of equalize it. So um, depending on the ownership is how I'd go. And um, another guy is the other on the other side is Jarvis Landry. You know, Landry it has been really balling out for the last month, month and a half um, when he's been in there. And I expect this Cleveland team to be playing from behind. So uh, like Landry to continue to to put up big numbers. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Hill. I, d- I do like the analysis there because out of the number one, you know, kind of top tier wide receivers we have, 
he is the one who has the best matchup because he he does play in the slot so much. Uh, and then, you know, just going against a, a pass defense that isn't as good as the other ones anyway. I will definitely be keeping an eye on the practice reports for Hill during the week to, uh, you know, just to see how available he is. Um, because if if he's healthy, yeah, uh, absolutely with you, Raybon. I think at that point, he would be the number one receiver on the slate. Uh, Raybon, who are you low on? So uh, you kind of hit on it, but I mean, Devontae Adams, I think gets a little bit of a peg down. And then um, on the other side, I think the uh, Robert Woods in particular, uh, you know, the Green, Green Bay, just their perimeter defense against wide receivers has been excellent. And Woods is going to play a little more on a perimeter than, than Cooper Cup. So, uh, you know, he gets his, he gets carries, he gets kind of scheme the ball. So it's not always a complete dud for Woods, but I do think uh, we should expect a little less this week. Sean, I think you also are low on Woods. Yeah, yeah, I'm low on Woods as well. Um, You know, typically he's worth every penny, one of the most underrated receivers in DFS, but you know, 5,900, you know, Jared Goff and his thumb, it it does lower his floor quite a bit, so um, that's a concern. Uh, Freeman, you mentioned that he could face quite a bit of Jair Alexander coverage, so um, you know, last week he caught four balls, 48 yards, and a touchdown. So if he's not able to salvage with a touchdown again, I, I, like I said, his, his floor is a bit lower. Um, you know, there's I think there's much better options with higher floor and ceiling in his price range. So I'll be fading Woods, uh, which is rare because, like I said, he's usually worth every penny. The the one thing that would be interesting, um, we need to monitor Cooper Cup, who has bursitis mm-hmm. in his knee. And so if Cup is out, uh, they will use Woods as the primary slot receiver. So that that will mean uh, he doesn't have to face that tougher perimeter defense against wide receivers. So definitely something to, uh, to keep an eye on as we progress into the weekend. Um, a guy I'm relatively low on is Mike Evans. And I mean, I mentioned it before, like his matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore is one of the most like boom bust cornerbacks in the league. Like sometimes he looks like an all pro. And then the next game he's giving up like 120 yards to a backup wide receiver. Uh, but whenever he's facing Mike Evans, uh, it just seems as if like he is totally in a locked in mindset. Um, and Evans is still dealing with a, a knee issue. So Evans isn't a hundred percent, um, you know, in week one, Evans had just two yards on four targets, uh, against, uh, Lattimore in week nine had 64 yards on six targets. Um, given the other options that they have in that offense and given that Lattimore almost certainly will be shadowing Mike Evans, uh, I don't know how much they will feel the need to force targets, uh, in Evans' direction. So I, I could see, you know, a bigger game for Godwin, maybe bigger game for Antonio Brown with Evans really just not being a, a key part in the passing attack. So I am relatively low on Evans this week. Sean, I, I saw you smiling over there. My fear is that you might be asking uh, for the player prop some sort of question on Mike Evans, but maybe I am wrong. Sean, give us the player prop. Uh, I am going with the matchup of the week here, Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. So let's let's go with uh, Devontae Adams receiving yards. Um, I have it set at 89 and a half. I will take the under. Uh, I have it projected at 88 and a half. Ooh, nice. So strong, strong under. Yeah, I have it at 86, so going under as well. Um, you know, we and Adams can affect the game without you putting up a huge total. Um, we've seen, you know, he can still score a touchdown or even two, but 
uh, yeah, I, I don't expect him to have a, a huge yardage there. Yeah, I mean, 88 and a touchdown. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's still a, a great day for uh, a, a typical wide receiver. Uh, for Adams, it would seem like a total disappointment. And honestly, like for Ramsey, like if he holds him to 88 yards or something like that, like, I mean, I don't know if I'd say that was a success, but it's like Devontae didn't beat them. You know, if Devontae Adams has only 88 yards and a touchdown. So that might be kind of the the way to uh, to approach it if you're the Rams. Let's talk about the tight ends at the top of our rankings. Um, I don't think any surprise that Travis Kelsey is number one. Mark Andrews is number two. And then there's a, a massive gulf between those two guys and everyone else. Rob Gronkowski, we technically have number three. But, I mean, you there are other guys who are all kind of within a, a point of Gronkowski's mark as the the third guy uh, that we have in the projections. Sean, who are you high on this week? Uh, well, obviously I'm high on Kelsey and Andrews, but if you know, you're going to go cheap at tight end, I think Austin Hooper offers um, some sneaky value at 3,800. Uh, again, this is a matchup at KC where, um, you know, the Browns could be forced to throw a lot more. Uh, and and Hooper's heating up. Last week, he saw 11 targets. He ran around on 79% of Baker's dropbacks. Um, and we know KC can, you know, they're, they're prone to allow stuff underneath. So I think Hooper um, could find those soft spots and he could have, you know, a pretty big receiving day. Um, you know, he he does lack the touchdown upside as, you know, like an Andrews or Kelsey. But um, again, this is one of those times where a four-game slate, you're going to have to be contrarian somewhere. And I think these sneaky brown snacks are one of the ways that I'm going to be attacking this slate. So love Hooper at 3,800. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, be highly unoriginal and say that I am high on Travis Kelsey. Uh, how, however high uh, a normal person should be, I'll just say I'm even higher than that because he's Travis Kelsey and he's going against the Browns uh, who allow the fourth most fantasy points in the league to tight ends. Uh, you kind of look at DVOA. They're not that good there against tight ends. So it's just, you know, Kelsey is an all-world player and he has a good matchup on top of it. And, you know, he should be very fresh coming off of the bye. So uh, I'm going to find a way to prioritize Kelsey, uh, certainly in cash games. Rayvon, who are you high on? So, you know, you guys mentioned the top overall ceiling player in Kelsey and the top value in Austin Hooper. So I'll just go with the guy that kind of fits into a little of both, and that is Mark Andrews. When you watch Buffalo last week play defense, I think one thing that stood out was that their real issue came against covering tight ends. Um, That was kind of the weakness. And, you know, they could obviously scheme this up a little bit differently this week with Andrews being um, such a big part of Baltimore's passing game. But you still have to worry about Lamar running. So, uh, you know, I think that you will see some some weaknesses. And you had last week, you had uh, Jack Doyle catch seven of nine targets. You had... Trey Burton catch three of three, and then you had Moelle Cox catch four of four. So that's, you know, 14 of 16 to the tight end. Uh, I think this could be a big game uh, for Mark Andrews. Yeah, I, I was on Andrews and his over prop last week and did not work out. I'm, I'm hoping it, it works out this week. Rayvon, give us a player that you are low on. So I think just kind of by default, uh, Robert Tunyon for the Packers again, uh, I think is it one of the few downgrades for their offense. And, you know, Tunyon is a guy that, you know, when Aaron Rodgers is throwing 48 touchdowns in a, in a season, he's going to catch some of those and he's going to be a part of those, those big games. But I, I think this is a much more kind of 
league average game for Aaron Rodgers, which is still better than most against the Rams offense uh, defense. But yeah, I don't think it's a a, a big game. So um, not looking for much for, from Tunyon. Sean, I believe that you are also. I mean, Raybon yeah. just snaked you there. I, I believe snaked. you also are. Not are a, not a also, selection. <laughs> also low on Tunyon this week. Um, Rayvon hit on it. Uh, you know, he scored his touchdown six of his last seven games. And I keep emphasizing that, you know, touchdowns are pretty fickle. So you don't want to be relying on a touchdown. You know, his, his odds to score a touchdown at most sports books this week will be, you know, minus 160 on no. So uh, you're, you're taking your chances here by fading a guy that's unlikely to score a touchdown. Um, you know, he hasn't seen more than three targets since week 14. So, um, it just goes to show that, you know, he, he does rely on these touchdowns. Now, there's a chance Ramsey could shut down Adams and Rodgers pivots to a guy like Tanyan. But I think Rodgers is just going to force the issue. I think he's still going to target Adams. Um, and I think, you know, Tanyan's going to see just, you know, maybe two to three, uh, two to four targets. So at 4,200 on this slate, uh, I think you got to pass on it. You either have to spend up or spend down. Tanyan's just in a very tricky uh, price range this week. Okay. I am looking to stay away from Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he's in a big tier with everyone who's underneath Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I don't think there's anything that really differentiates him, uh, but he had just one target last week and the saints are number two in past DVOA against tight ends. So a, a tougher matchup and perhaps he's trending in the wrong direction in terms of his usage. So uh, it just seems like an easy player to stay away from Sean, you promised <laughs> that uh, this tight end prop was going this, to be something that was a little bit creative. Uh, give yeah. it to us. All right. So here we go. Um, what will be greater this week? The number of times uh, Chad backs Friedman's bet on convince me this weekend. So that's out of <laughs> six total bets or David Joku receptions against the chiefs. I eat gluten. Ooh. Wow. You're giving us two things that we really need to think hard about here. Yes. So think. Let's see. Matthew Friedman's average hitting percentage is about <laughs> zero, that, which means Chad will bet back all six. So, I mean, here's the thing. Chad, on, on the Sunday show, he backed me twice, and both of those lost. So I think there's a there's less than a one out of three chance. So what? Let's let's work backwards. What yeah. do you guys have projected for uh, Joku's receptions? This one point four. Okay. What would you project uh, Freeman's over under for convince me? I'd have to go with two, just because I don't think Chad is purposely trying to back anyone more than the other. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Friedman. I don't know how to manage anybody. Okay, I'm I'm going Friedman as well, but it has more to do with uh, massive Njoku fade than <laughs> any any confidence that I have in my ability to convince Chad that he should bet on anything I recommend. I, well, I think Njoku has some sneaky three catch, three to four catch upside this week, so maybe I'm higher on him than you guys. But yeah, I, I think both the the projections right around two, but Joku has probably a wider range of outcomes. But I thought this oh, be a that's fun one. that's certainly true. I think yeah. Joku does have the wider range of outcomes. Right, you're you're going to be either one or two this weekend. I think we all are. Like our, our projections, one and a half to two. But uh, I think you're pretty much going to have one or two. So it's it's going to mostly come down to Joku this week. But I, I would, yeah, I think the line for me is one and a half, but with a strong lean to the under. That's that's <laughs> that's how I would bet it. Okay, right, so you guys are you guys are booked on uh, Freeman over, right? Yep. All right. Friedman, the Friedman over. This this is not going to end well for anyone. 
Melman has pulled off one of the biggest upsets in history. All right, that is going to do it for the show. You can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore oddsmaker, Chris Raybon, and Matt at the Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Be sure to check out our rankings at the Action Network. Please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on Spotify. See you again next episode. We're finished talking. <laughs>